Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willis. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Today, we have on an amazing guest, Allison McNair, founder and president of Perfect Inc. She is here today to share her story, her nonprofit, what she is doing in the world. And I'm so very excited for her to be here to share all that she is doing to help women in Women's History Month of March. Allison, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be sharing with you and all of your listeners. So awesome. Thank you. So Allison, you have this amazing nonprofit that you started, Perfect Inc. Mm-hmm. How is this, you know, how does this interact in a person's life? They've, they've been released from prison. They're going out into the world. Th- what happens? Like how, how, wh- where do you come in? How does that work? So usually what happens is, is that when you're released from prison, the first thing you have to do is report to your probation officer. And mostly the probation officer's first instructions to you will be, one, get in some kind of program, or two, you need to find a job, or in some cases, both. So if that is the instruction that they have to find a job, the question is, is how does that not set them up to fail? Because most jobs that they even apply to won't hire them as soon as they tick that box that says, have you ever been convicted of a felony? So it's it's a system that says we want you to get your life back on track or that's our hope, but we're going to just put these barriers in your way initially to present some challenges, I would say. Double challenges. Yeah, double, double challenges. challenges. Right. Okay. So what we do as an organization is that we fulfill those requirements. We provide them with training in administrative area, hospitality, customer service. And now we're even introducing training in social media management, social media content preparation, digital marketing management. So that way we can broaden the scope of opportunities we're able to give them when we assign them to an employment partner. Gotcha. So that essentially what we do is we advocate on their behalf with our employment partners to say, Jane, for instance, is awesome. She's trained in these areas. If you partner with us, we've already vetted her. We've done mental health coaching. We're going to be your partner in this. Give her an opportunity by hiring her. And that's what we do. So we're helping them to fulfill the requirements that's needed with the probation officer by giving them training, but also giving them employment opportunities. Yeah, because I mean, when they're when they're really it's like, hey, there's a probation officer and mm-hmm. good luck. And so you guys are going to step into that that role. And and that makes just oh, the world of difference for these individuals. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you think about it, if you've been incarcerated for six months or if you've been incarcerated for a year to just release someone and say, OK, go back to your life. It's going to be perfect, but not giving them the tools, the resources and most important importantly, the support in order to be successful, then it's just like you're setting them up to fail. I heard a a statistic the other day that said four out of five individuals who are released from prison, four out of five of those individuals will go back. Oh my God. Which is costing the society more money, more money in the courts, more money at the courthouse, more money at the prison, more money. I mean, it's for their children. Someone's got to take care of their kids. Someone's got to do. So yeah, so the the fees are just exponential and never ending. So 
literally what you're doing. And if we can figure out a way to do this for everyone, man, woman, and and child is, would Mm -hmm. be a game changer for everybody concerned. It would. And really this, the challenges, there are a lot of companies that actually hire people who are formerly incarcerated, but the challenges is that having those managers that have unconscious and conscious bias towards those that have been formerly incarcerated, even if the company approves it, that manager has to accept a new change in culture to say, we are giving these individuals an opportunity. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. So we make sure that we don't just set them up and say, hey, we're going to show you how to be a great interviewer. We're going to give you clothes to wear on the interview. We're going to make sure your resume is solid. All of those things are good. However, we set up a system where they get past the application process into the interview room and then ultimately a job with fair pay and benefits. So to bring it back, the system, there are broken pieces of the system. Some may reform, some have programs that will reform, some don't. And we know that there are broken pieces in the system. But our biggest challenge is is I've served my time. I've been released from prison, whether I'm on probation or whether I served all of my time. Why are we still being penalized after my time has been served. And that's what Perfect Inc. is looking to do. We're looking to provide opportunities, remove the stigma of formally being incarcerated. Because if you hear anyone say, okay, yeah, I've been in jail, some, on some people who's not like you and I, who has the grace or who's familiar to say, okay, you know, that's not something to really hold against you. We can still give you an opportunity. But the majority of the people, they shut down yeah. and they don't want to give them an opportunity. So then now that person is going to job after job after job and it's tearing down their self-esteem even more because they're not getting hired. Or the worst part of it is, is that they submit their application to businesses that offer benefits to businesses that give a fair pay, but because their application has this gap on it, they don't even get considered. Yeah. So now this is the bigger problem that we have to deal with that says, if someone who's been incarcerated has served their time, how do we remove the overarching stigma so they can have another chance at life? And And that's what Perfect Ink is all about. Yeah, and P.S., we get angry We are frustrated as a, as a society and go, all mm-hmm. right, you served your time, get your stuff together. Oh, repeat offender. Oh, repeat offender with stealing or this. That. And it's like, yeah, they they can't get a job. I mean, my daughter's getting ready to graduate from college. Okay. College, sorority. I mean, you know the gamut, right? Done the internships. She's applying and applying and applying and applying, and it's not easy for her to get a job. Now, let's check another, just check one more box and say absolutely and now it's like okay we've got 20 college graduates we've got you know 30 people with associates degree and then we've got two people that were in prison i wonder who we're going to pick i mean when you're sitting here talking to me honestly i'm like there's literally no way for these folks to get an actual career without someone like you without the highway to the next position to say look we're going to handle it for your company. We're going to ensure we're going to, we're going to do it. I need spots. I need, I need placeholders and I'm going to bring you people 
to make 50, 60 grand a year, to have the benefits and the nine to five and to, they're going to know how to type and they're going to show up 20 minutes early and they're going to be, you know, dressed head to toe the way that they should be. Because if you think about it, without that placeholder that you are making with your corporate sponsorships and your employment, you know, packaging that you're doing with these, these companies, there's no placeholder at all for these Mm -hmm. women coming out of prison. There's no placeholder for them because someone's going to pick all over the board, someone else. And you're absolutely, I mean, when I tell you you're hitting the nail on the head, you're hitting the nail on the head. It's absolutely true. And one thing is, is that let me start back and kind of go back. When I started the organization and doing something as simple as getting our phone service, right? They would say, oh, what do you do? Well, I'm the founder of a nonprofit. We provide employment training, employment placement, and lifestyle coaching to women formerly incarcerated. The next question that is almost guaranteed for someone to ask me is, oh, have you been incarcerated? And if you're just the phone guy that's coming to just service our system, And your thinking is the only reason I would want to help anyone or help women in particular that's been formerly incarcerated is because I must have been incarcerated. We have a lot of work that needs to be done because to everything that you mentioned, there's 50 other people that's out there looking for a job. And nine times out of 10, those 50, one of those 50 people are going to be chosen before the two that's been formerly incarcerated. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're doing is, is that with our organization, we don't make promises. We, you, you can't make promises. Whether you hire someone that's formerly incarcerated or not incarcerated, no one can make a promise. Yeah. I've interviewed tons of people and they're great in the interview. And then they start working and you're like, I'm sorry, the person that was in the interview, can you please send them back? Because they're awesome, right? <laughs> so no one can guarantee <laughs> anything. But with our organization, what we do is, is that our candidates are, or our program participants, there's an application process. They fill out the application and then we call references and references are family members and friends that says, so we can know, is this person serious about getting on the right track? Yeah. What can you tell us about the work that they're trying to do? What have they turned around? What things are you seeing differently? And once we do the application and we interview the family members and the friends, then we decide if the person is accepted to the program. When a person is accepted to the program, our first four weeks of our program, they receive training by Microsoft employees of anything that's dealing with Microsoft. And at the end of the four weeks, as a result of that training, they then take tests. And then they get a certificate if they pass their test that says they're certified Microsoft educators, which means that Microsoft gives them the stamp of approval that says they can go into any boardroom, any industry, and they can teach all things Microsoft. And that's the stamp of approval for Microsoft. Wow, that's huge. Then in that, it's huge. And I was so glad to get the partnership with Microsoft and that their employees volunteered to work with us. That was like massive. We also do conflict resolution training. So if you have a conflict with an employee or you have a conflict with your supervisor, how do you work out those conflicts? What are the tactics that we do in order to not be upset or not blow up? 
how do you calm yourself down and look at situations analytically, rationally? So we provide that training as and well. That, and so and then is, we that provide the, is that, is that mm-hmm. with the participants? That's with the participants. Okay. Because I think that's huge in... And I mean, this is going to be a big old blanket statement, but I told everyone I'd be screwing up over the next couple of weeks. So here yeah. we go. You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, we, we clearly, we, there's a million different reasons people could be in, in incarcerated. Right. But right. perhaps because they had a rough go of it before. And so maybe their conflicts resolution and, and social skills of knowing how to interact with the world around them or how to manage their emotions, how to not get frustrated, fly off the handle and leave. And so now we don't have a job. I mean, you can see Absolutely. how... How like I, when when I was going through and like combing your your every website and everything about you, for whatever reason, like I love the job training and clearly that is so huge, but the lifestyle training jumped out at me as being a key component in this, because I think once you're in, incarcerated you become a number, you become a jumpsuit, you become a, a whistle and a bell and a timeline and you, your self-esteem changes. Everything about Absolutely. you has to change. And what I see when I see lifestyle training is bringing the person not back, but forward. Absolutely. And what I, what we found is, is that start with the basics, right? No one ever raises their hand and says, when I grow up, I want to go to jail. No one does that, right? So usually what we found in our research, as well as with our program participants, usually there's some type of trauma that got you on the track or landed you in prison. And sometimes there isn't a trauma. Sometimes you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And now you're sent to prison because you befriended a friend you shouldn't have befriended. Right. So as you, as to your point, there's tons of reasons why one can be incarcerated. Even something as simple as they were speeding over the speed limit. If you ask most Americans, have you ever had a speed ticket? Everybody will probably raise their hand and say, yeah, I've gotten a ticket every now and then. Me too. So whatever the reason is, you they land in prison. Now, once you're in prison, think about if you are in a place where you're there for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, a year, two years maybe. And you have someone telling you that you can't even decide when you're going to eat and when you're going to sleep and when you're going to do an activity. You have people that's telling you, you can't even choose the activities. You only can choose from this subset that we've pre-approved. Then you have a variety and it's not all, but then you do have some people who are the officers in the prison that they're making you feel less than every day. They're telling you, you're here, you're nothing. Because you're in jail, I'm better than you. They talk down to them. So imagine getting that type of treatment over 30 days, every single day, day in, day out, or 60 days or 90 days or a year or two years or even five years. When a person is released for you to, for anyone to expect that they will be able to go back to life as normal and be a productive citizen after they've been tore down for all of the time that they were in prison or most of the time that they were in prison is an unrealistic expectation. 
So with our program, what we've identified is, is that great. There are programs out there that's going to help you do your resume. They're going to maybe even give you clothes for the interview. They're going to tell you how to ace the interview. And let's say that from a result of those efforts, you do get a job, but you have all of this mental baggage that you haven't dealt with that was there before incarceration and was heightened during incarceration. So who's helping you to unpack all of that baggage and say, get rid of this, get rid of this, keep this, this is good. So that's why we have our lifestyle component, which is really our mental health component. For eight weeks, we work with each person in the program so we can identify, help them to identify really, what are your triggers? What is your trigger that usually is associated with fear that will cause you to go back on that path that Mm. will lead you back in jail? Right. What is your triggers that someone can ask you a question and you take it as they're talking down to you, but they really just was asking you a question? Yeah. How do you deal with those triggers? And then how do you know to identify them so when they're coming up, you know to give the proper response? And that's what's so important because once again, our organization works with women. Most of our program participants are mothers. So as a mother, we know if you are doing something nine times out of 10, or maybe let's say 80% of the time, your child is going to reflect something that you're doing. So it's so important for you to be healthy mentally so that way you can now lead a good example for your child. Yeah. What you're talking about is so, I mean, it's everything. If you look at any good nonprofit, any good leadership across the world, it's always women, 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 teach women how to read, send girls to school because they're the leaders of the household. And so- When, when you take on the challenge of, of changing one woman's life and I, and I talk to myself about this, about my, you know, what I do, if you can help one person, you're literally helping thousands of people, generations after generations after generations. So like, if, if you meet a woman, you're changing that generational trauma, you're changing how she's going to raise her children and how she's going to raise her children, how she's going to accept the world around her, the way the world is going to see her, her self-esteem, how she, I mean, it's literally limitless of how, what you're doing and you're changing a woman's life in a household's life is exponentially going to transfer to generations to come. And it could go completely the opposite way without perfect inks involvement literally completely the opposite way and ps cost <laughs> cost everyone thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars more re going back into the judicial system and back into the prison system and back in with more police officers and all this other stuff or yep. we can just do it right the first time and help transition because when you're sitting here talking to me all i see is ptsd all I see is PTSD yes. with women and you're going, Hey, I'm going to put you in this crazy environment, which mm-hmm. if you and I probably were like, even like, like had a speeding ticket, we'd probably stroke out. Right. And then it's a whole thing. Right. Oh my God, I have a ticket and I have to pay it. And I forgot to send it in. It's going to be late. And I'm going to, now these people have 
weeks, months, whatever of lawyers and prosecutors and maybe, maybe a cu- whatever the thing that I'm, all I can hear is cufflinks. Handcuffs. Handcuffs for $10. <laughs> Handcuffs, which has to be so traumatizing. Sitting in the back of the place. The trauma, the trauma, the trauma. And now being booked, the trauma. Being put in incarceration, the trauma. So these people are traumatized. And I'm not saying, hey, they're innocent. I'm saying it doesn't matter. I'm saying it Absolutely. doesn't matter. I'm saying I don't care. What I'm saying is, is when that individual gets done, if I had my druthers, they'd be better than when they went in. And we don't do it yep. that way. We don't, we don't do it that way. And so what I'm saying is, is let's do it that way. And you're doing it. You know, you're saying, okay, hey, we're going to take this totally traumatized person who's thrown out into the wilderness and said, oh, P.S., and I hope you do okay with absolutely no training, no skills, no help, no nothing. And then we as a society judge when we can barely handle a Monday half the time. You know what I mean? Like with, with no trauma. Absolutely. With no trauma, with no PTSD, with, with all of the world supporting us, half of that education or whatever, with family supports, it just doesn't make any sense the way we're doing the prison system as a whole. But when I'm looking at, it's literally like, you're like, we are going to try to un-PSD this woman to change generations of women and, 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 and sons and boys because, she, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so true. And one thing, when we started the organization, we were going to do it for men and women. And I had my mentor, she was an executive at American Red Cross. And she said to me, she said, you know, Allison, it's just you. And starting out, it was just me. And she said, it's going to be harder for you as a woman to guide and instruct a man than it would be for you as a woman to guide and instruct another woman. So she said, so I advise, I think what you're doing is great. I think you should do women. Just focus on women initially. And I said, that's not what I was thinking, but okay. And I'm a, I guess like, I'm just very inquisitive. So since she was the mentor, she gave that suggestion. I'm not going to just take it for faith value. I'm going to research it. Right. And in the research, we found that because men are the ones who are, they make up the majority of the population of people who are incarcerated. Most of the programs are geared to men. Oh, For women, they want to put them in a program that's geared to a man but women has a psychological, an emotional, and a physical response that's not dealt with by just putting them into a program that's designed for a man that doesn't have those issues. Yeah. So we really took the organization and said, this is outfitted for a woman to succeed if they just work with us, just do the work. And the program participants that come in, in the organization, It will revolutionize anyone who would sit with us or volunteer with us for four weeks or for the whole program period of 12 weeks. It would totally transform the way they think about people who were formerly incarcerated. Our program participants are so bright. We have one um, program participant from our first session. She got pregnant and COVID hit. So we were kind of in, it was difficult to find her an at-home position, like as a virtual assistant or just anything that was at home. And she said, and she was working in DC. COVID hit, of course, we let go. 
And she decided, I'm just going to start my own business. So she started by putting rhinestones on like the Nike flip-flops. Then it expanded to putting rhinestones on the mask, the COVID mask. Then it expanded to designing t-shirts. Then it expanded to creating gift bags for parties. Then it expanded to, she goes into the party, decorates with these awesome balloon displays, create the gift bags, create the t- So she created like a five-piece product line for her to sell in the middle of a pandemic. And someone may say, well, if she's that awesome, why was she in jail in the first place? Well, as we said earlier, wrong time, wrong place, trauma. We're not here to deal with the fact that what got you in jail in the first place? What we're trying to do as an organization and what we do do as an organization is that we build up post-incarceration. Yeah. You know what I thought? Get an understanding. Yeah. I was the other day, like sometimes I'll just like play with energy because it's so easy to judge, you know? And I think that freedom is, is leaving judgment behind because when you judge the world, Mm -hmm. you hold yourself by these same insane standards and all this other stuff. So I was sitting at the light and I imagined looking down at my phone or whatever, and maybe going and and you hit someone or, you know, hit someone with your car that's riding a bike, you know, like all these wacky things. You're in the prison system right then. You are in the prison system. I don't care if you have the money for a lawyer. I don't care if you do something. I mean, from my hometown, there was a gal, she hit a guy right driving her car and she was like young and she did a hit and run. The guy died. She's in the prison system. Sometimes things happen. You could be a great person. You could be a kind person. You could be a loving person. You could be a productive person in society. And in one split second, your life changes forever by way of, Mm -hmm. I stole something because I don't have formula for my kids. Is it right? No. But did you do it? Right. Yeah. Hitting so like there's a lot of yes. different ways that we could enter the prison system, and I think it's so interesting that everyone Absolutely. stands on their high horse and looks down and goes, "But but I didn't." But it's them over there with the finger pointed, and and I, right. and I so you were just to to back up and give everyone. So you're in the D.C. area, Northern Virginia, yes. Yes. So we're in the D.C. metro area. Yep. Northern Virginia. And you were working at a company with the HR department. And that's when this whole thing really hit you. So like what? I mean, because you said your mom was in nonprofits for 30 years. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. And so this is kind of a part of your DNA is to look around and go, what's the missing link? And right. so you were in DC, you were working in, explain all of that. To go back from the beginning, beginning, <laughs> my mom, since 1985, I believe, maybe 1987, she decided she was working for a advertising, advertising firm. And she just said, I don't want to take the train anymore. I don't want to do an hour back and forth. So there was a nonprofit that helped the elderly. And she said, well, I'm just going to apply for a a job there because I can just walk to work. That's what she did. 1987, all of my life, she worked at this nonprofit that assisted the elderly. 
So I went to school. I got a degree in political science, my bachelor's in political science. My hopes were to go to law school. In my last year of school, I got an internship working for a congressman from California on Capitol Hill. And it was a no-brainer. I'm a poli-sci student. Of course I'm going to Capitol Hill. Done. So I worked on Capitol Hill. Done, right? (laughs) I worked on Capitol Hill. (laughs) And I realized, you know what? I don't really know if I like politics too tough. Because you're kind of like fighting, fighting, fighting. You change something. And then there's another party that's fighting, fighting, fighting. And then undo what you change. So I left there. And I went to work for a defense contracting company in the D.C. metro area. And it was a magnificent company. I mean, I I went there, started as an executive assistant working in the department that handled lobbying for defense and all of the things that we wanted. Then I moved over to the communications department. And that job provided me with so many opportunities. I was able to travel the world, literally Mm -hmm. going to trade shows. They just provided me with so much exposure working with, at the time that I was there, the American counterpart of the company was a woman and allowed me to have time with her, to talk with her, to chat with her. How did she get to be a CEO of this, you know, multi-billion dollar company? I mean, it's awesome, right? And it provided me with so many opportunities. And one day, I was going into a friend's office in another co-worker's office, and I had the thought, wow, people who have been in jail, they don't get the opportunities I have because they don't know how to dress and they need proper etiquette. So naive. (laughs) I'm thinking it's only because they need to know how to dress. And if I just showed them all of the etiquette stuff they showed me, great. They can have jobs like I have. My brother has never been incarcerated. My mother's never been incarcerated. My sister's never no family member close to me has ever been incarcerated. Why did I have that thought? To this day, I cannot tell you because it was so random. But isn't <laughs> but that I funny? Really thought. Yeah, it just so kind of hits you like a lightning bolt. You're like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> it's like yeah. God. Yeah. God's like, we need her. Come on, here's a thought. <laughs> time I might have been 27 maybe 26 so young and I just said I'm like a go-getter and if I know to do something I'm just doing it so I said well I don't know how to dress so I need for somebody to teach me how to teach other people how to dress and I went down this whole path and got distracted with like different opportunities. And um, my husband, eventually the gentleman that I married, he had his own benefits company. So he helped companies establish benefits for their organization. And I started to work for him and I had a conversation and I said, listen, we've been doing this. It's lucrative, but I hate it. I do not like getting up every morning to help with this portion of the organization. Now, mind you, at this time, he just left me and said, well, I'm going to go do real estate. So I'm running this insurance firm by myself. And I'm like, dude, it's not for me. So he said, okay, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I think I just want to stay home, be a stay-at-home mom. And he said, okay, well, you can do that. And I said, okay, great. And then I will probably say after about maybe three months, I said, I'm bored out of my mind. There's only but so many clothes you can fold. It's only but so many. Like, I think my last draw was I was so excited because my kids are young, but they were in preschool. 
So it was really just me home every day. And I said, oh, I'm going to bake fresh baked cookies. And they're going to walk <laughs> through the door. And they're going to want these cookies. Yay! And literally, I baked these cookies. I put them on a plate. I did everything I saw on TV. And they walked through the door and was just like, hey. And I'm like, you want cookies? And they're like, nah, we had a snack. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so it was like, I just... <laughs> True, literal, literal mom hell. I literally said that last night. I'm like, an hour to make, five minutes to eat. (laughs) I'm like picking up my plate, walking in the kitchen. I'm like, I hate everybody. (laughs) It's mom hell. No, it didn't work. I had this great idea, and you're like, whatever. You had a snack, like really, kid. So at that point, it was just like, okay, God, listen, I. It's only but too many clothes. I don't like folding clothes. I don't I don't like any of this stuff. What am I supposed to be doing? Now, it was in 2010, I originally had that initial thought mm-hmm. of people who are incarcerated and you should do something to help them. And that was in 2010. And then 2018 is when I heard again, you need to do the nonprofit. And I took off running. I started with research. I, because in, I knew I was supposed to do the nonprofit. I knew I was supposed to help people who were formerly incarcerated, but I did not want to do something that was already being done in the community. Like I, I don't, I don't need to just do all of this work just to have my name on something. You know, I want to do something that's going to make impact. So I started meeting with different nonprofits in the area that their mission was to help people who's been formerly incarcerated. I started meeting with probation officers. I started talking to them. Our cities have what's called a reentry council where there's a group of people who are vested and they're working together to just create opportunities for people who's formerly incarcerated. So I started going to the reentry council meetings. What is it that's missing? And that's when we found out that, okay, the job training check needed. Job placement was missing. None of the organizations would be, would guarantee a place of employment at the end of the program. So that was one thing I saw missing. The second thing I saw missing was our lifestyle coaching piece, that mental health piece. Yeah. Everyone, you know, they gave clothes, they gave interview prep, they gave resume prep, but none of them dealt with the psychology of being incarcerated and the psychology of even being post-incarcerated, how people thought. I mean, there's a, there is an umbrella of shame that unless, regardless of, whether you are poverty stricken or whether you did something that you shouldn't have done, but your mama and daddy are really, really rich. So it's okay. They're going to give you a job. There still is a level of shame that comes with, I had someone that I've had a son or daughter or a brother or a sister that's been incarcerated. There's a level of shame that's experienced by the family. Wow. Yeah. You don't even think about that. It's almost like the Al-Anon, you know, so you've got your alcoholic. But then we have the family piece and how do we work together and not go, well, we wouldn't be in this position if you wouldn't have gone to prison, you know, and and constantly bringing that up. And now it's, I mean, there's so much. And, and PS, we also have exponential. So if there was 10 people in prison 20 years ago, there's a hundred thousand people in prison today. I mean, the numbers have, you know, and it's, more rules, more prisoners. 
more, you know, it, it's just going up and up and up and up. We have literally more people in prison than we've ever had, so, which means we have more people traumatized, more mm-hmm. people with mental illness, be it, mm-hmm. you know, causal yep. or nature yep. or nurture, coming mm-hmm. into back into society mm-hmm. and literally there's the door. Good luck. Figure it out. Figure it and out. The- financial piece of it is is that you have people who are now released they can't get a job so now what do they do they rely on the state to give them medicaid to give them food stamps to help with in virginia it's called tanf where they give them a dollar amount a month and all of these different things so now the community is now holding the brink of that there's taxes that we're paying to support now think about it this way If I could take the people who were released, let's just say just my community, Northern Virginia, and they all get jobs with fair pay and fair benefit, they're now contributing tax citizens. Instead of sucking, instead of taking, they're giving. And you are, some organizations are prohibiting individuals from being able to give. So then the things that are happening is either they're going to we have higher recidivism rates, which means that they're going back to jail. They're returning back to jail because they can't figure out to work. They can't get an opportunity. They don't have a support system. Or we have people who for a long time just remain on the system because they don't get an opportunity. But if you just go ahead and just say, hey, I'm going to give you a job. We had a I have a program. She she participated in our program and she got a government job, right? So she filled out the application. The application said, have you been convicted in the last 10 years? Well, the crime that she was convicted for was more than 10 years ago. So she didn't check it because she hasn't been convicted of a crime within 10 years. Right. She gets the job. Everyone is singing her praises. She's bringing organization. She's redoing policies and procedures. She is a living rock star in the place. And I believe it was three days before her probation period was up. They did her background check. Her background check came up and showed that she was convicted of a crime. And they let her go. She's a rock star. They sung, they sung her praises. She was, she was doing so well. And she went to people and said, can you speak on my behalf? Right, right. You said that I did all of these great things. Can you speak on my behalf? And they were just like, there's nothing I can do. Nothing I can do. And she has not had a run in with the law since that first conviction. She's been a model servant. She's a former veteran. And they said, nope. There's nothing that I can do. And honestly, you would say like, man, that's terrible. But really the biggest hit for her, I don't believe was financially. The biggest hit for her, I believe was self-esteem. Yeah. Because here it is. I thought I was from under this rock. I thought that I was past this. They could see my potential. They can see past the dumb mistake that I did. And someone can see past it. And I'm moving forward. And just in one instance, they took it all away. And she literally had to build back up from that situation. So I, I who, can't, who but, are we helping, you yeah. know? And so like, we, we know where you get your participants. But if, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
select few. So how do they, they, they could go right. on perfectink.org if, if you're in the area and you yes. were a formerly incarcerated mm -hmm. or currently incarcerated female, they can apply mm -hmm. to your program. But I want to even go Absolutely. farther because I mean, you, you know where to find them for the most right. part. But I want to talk yeah. about how do we get the corporate people, those job placeholder spaces for when these women come out, how do the, the companies, I mean, there's a ton of sports and businesses there. I mean, there's a ton of places to work mm -hmm. and there's, I'm sure there's a ton yeah. of placeholders that people could get involved and make our entire, you know, cause this, this whole series honestly is, is what can we do as, as a person yeah. and as a people to make our world better? Absolutely. And I love when you were talking about, you said your mentor said, look, a guy's not going to listen to you and there's already programs, right? And that's kind of where I'm coming from in this series yeah. is, is look, we already have people of color that are leaders. And so I'm going from this as yeah. a place of, all right, I'm going to talk to the white people because I'm not, I don't need to talk to the black people. They have their own leaders. So I'm going to come over here and be like, oh, we hey know. guys. And we know. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, white people, bring it in. Bring it in. We got, we got to, we got to talk about this for a minute. And so, so I love when you said that because that's kind of where I'm coming from in this series. So it's kind of like, okay, business owners, sports industry, government people, bring it in and let's see, because this isn't a white problem, a, bl a brown problem, a black problem. This is a people problem. And so until Absolutely. we as a people Absolutely. start to solve this, this prison system, this post-conviction system, all of these judgments and preconceived notion and fear mongering and fearful, you know, thoughts and then judging after because they don't have it. I mean, all of the insanity, if you guys take five minutes and think about the insanity that we're talking about right now, we need to bring it in and say, what can we do to make everybody's life better? Because when one of us fails, we all fail. Mm -hmm. And by stepping on the heads of X, yeah. you know, prisoners or incarcerated females, you're stepping on your entire family. You're stepping on generations of poverty so and, and, and lack of education. And the mom's not home to raise her ch children, et cetera. And so we need to come together as a community and find yep. some placeholders at our work place of business. Yep. Because everyone has a mailroom. Everyone has secretaries. Absolutely. Everyone uses Microsoft. Yes. <laughs> yes. Everyone uses Microsoft. It. And so, and not only that, maybe we bring Adobe in or maybe we bring Tesla in and we start doing even more training programs through your program and get, and grow this since you're doing it and you have the formula. I mean, clearly you have a formula going on that's working. Okay. And so how do corporate sponsors and corporate partners get with you and what happens? So we do have a link on our website, www.perfectinc.org. And it says right on the front page, we don't dilly dally in this section. Yeah. If you want to become a corporate sponsor, you click here and we get your information and then we reach out. Another thing that we do with the organizations that we work with is that we will customize a program for your organization to your wow. point. So let's say that if you're a small business owner and you say, I just need a virtual assistant that specialized in this, we will do the research and come up with a program 
for that particular individual that says, hey, if they come to you with all of these skills, will you hire them? And if we get an okay, we'll take care of the trainings. Wow. So when they get on board with you, they're ready to go and they know how to pick things up. COVID has caused us to pivot because we were just doing administrative support, hospitality, and customer service. Those were the three industries we were focused on. But when COVID happened, most of our customer support was in retail, so they stopped hiring as much because they were trying to provide for their current employees. Hospitality is definitely taking it hard, so we weren't really able to place people there. So I had to figure out how do we pivot, what do we do? And this year, the program now offers digital marketing, advertising, and social media content and planning training. Wow. So if you are someone who says, I don't have time, or I just don't want to do this digital marketing, this social media, it's everywhere, it's a full-time job, we are able to have our program participants to be able to plan your content, manage your social media. It eliminates any risk that you thought you might have. All of our program participants are federally bonded if there's ever an issue. But if you thought that there was a risk, they're just doing computer management for you. They're taking something off your plate. And we realize for most small businesses that are happening, they need this service. They need the virtual assistant. So if you are a bigger company that says, hey, we have some administrative support, we have some mailroom positions available, hey, we'll even create positions just so we can do our part, definitely visit our website at www.perfectinc.com and click become a sponsor, become a corporate sponsor. Dot org. Thank dot you. Org. <laughs> www.perfectinc.org and click become a corporate sponsor. If you just want to say, hey, we just want to help the cause. Maybe we can sponsor one program participant or sponsor a trainer. All of our trainers are top notch with our program participants. In our eyes, they are worth the best. So we give them the best. We do not do any shortcoming on their behalf. I look for different ways to advance them. So we're really excited about our digital marketing and social media certification that will be happening this year. So if you're a small business owner and you're like me, you hate social media and every, I just can't get it. I'm just like, this is just too much work. (laughs) We have program participants that you can hire. Yeah. And they're not as expensive as $100 an hour. It's something yeah. that's affordable because once again, not only are we ab- about supporting our program participants, but we want to support everyone. Yeah. So if you're a small business and you're just getting up, we don't want to charge you $50 or $100 an hour. We're just looking for fair pay and benefits. Yeah. So we even even our internship partners, if you say, "Hey, I can't do hiring at the moment, but I would love to become an internship partner." Our program participants have to get an internship for eight weeks Oh, okay. in order to graduate the program. And they have to work between 10 and 20 hours a week. And our organization pays them a stipend. So we get to help other organizations because they get interns that they don't have to pay for. Our organization covers the expenses, but it helps us out because then our program participants get real life experience that they can add to their resume. 
yeah. that says I've worked for uh, forward movement enterprises. And under that, these were my responsibilities. I worked directly with the CEO. And then we get a referral letter from the organization that says, Jane did awesome. We were so glad to have her. And then that strengthens the packet that we give to the employment partners that we're gaining. It's really amazing. Like, And then you also take volunteers in the area, like actual yes. human beings that can come into yes. your office and volunteer their time as mentors or trainers. So if you don't have money that you want to give and you actually want to volunteer your time, you can physically go to Perfect Inc., in Northern Virginia and mm-hmm. volunteer your actual time too. And, and companies can volunteer their employees time. I mean, there's a lot Absolutely. of ways to get back. And I mean, we give money all the time to so many different organizations as, as, a, as a group of you know, people in the world. And, and I'm mm-hmm. starting to really yes. see if we need to, we need to start strengthening the lower rung of the ladder. Because when we strengthen, we, get to, we can get to the top. We can all we can all grow by strengthening. If there's no rungs at the bottom of the ladder or they're weak, the whole ladder breaks down. And that's what we're seeing, I think, is, is you know, desperation. We're seeing struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the mom doesn't mm-hmm. have a job and now, now the kids don't have a sitter, then they're running amok in the neighborhood. And then we judge the mom. Mm-hmm. Well, why isn't she watching her kids? And well, But at the same time, why isn't she working 40 hours a week? But why doesn't she have a yep. baby? I mean, it's literally, and, and the woman is hold is, is held so liable and, and to such a high so standard. True. I mean, I, I remember when I was a single mom of my older two kids, you know, I was making twelve fifty an hour college graduate, all A's. Mm. College graduate, twelve wow. fifty an hour working at a law firm. I know people like get virtual assistants now and they're like, I won't take anything under twenty dollars an hour. I'm like, I worked for yeah. a law firm for twelve bucks an hour. <sighs> Anyways, and and I tell my older two kids, because I would work from nine to three. Mm-hmm. And so I drop the kids off at elementary school, drive wow. down the street at 100 miles an hour, work six hours, leave, pick them up from school. Yes, Skylar, I know I was late twice and you had to go to the office. <laughs> to me. She holds it against me. All the time. And then, you know, then I then they'd go to bed and then at eight o'clock, then I'd fill in those extra two hours. But I tell my kids all the time because, you know, it's very easy to judge. And I tell my kids all the time, if it had not been for your father paying that child support, we would have been almost homeless because you cannot raise Mm. two kids on $12 an hour, be it educated, highly educated, you know, good grades. I did it all, but how was I supposed to raise my kids, work, be home, make sure that they're not, you know, home alone at ages five and seven or whatever. And so- you know, the thing of it is, is it's easy to judge, but I'm telling you right now, had it not been for my ex doing his part, we would have been living in a studio apartment and I don't know what I would have done. Thank God I had benefits at that law firm, but it's easy to judge. Right. It's easy to judge and yeah. we need to help it's so the people. easy. We need to help people who are trying to do better. And if there is a participant who is applying for your program, They are leaps and bounds ahead of so many other individuals. They are doing the work to get there. And for me, when I'm looking at these corporate sponsors and these people that could get involved, someone that's going to your program, they're raising their hand and they're saying, I want more. Help me just get there. Help me get those little pieces that I'm missing. Help me get those. Yep. 
I want, I want more just symbolize it. I mean, to me, like that's a statement that is just so profound because yeah. it really is. I'm raising my hand. I'm here. I'm yeah. ready. Just give me an opportunity. Yeah. That just give me a chance, you know, because I want more and I'm trying to get it in the way that I'm supposed to. Yeah. The way that will yield benefits for me yeah. and for my family. And as you said, for generations to come. And there's so many people too, as you're talking and I'm looking at this and I'm like, you know, a lot of these people, we we can't sit there and just hold them when we don't know what their childhood was like. Was like. We don't know what their parents or what their trauma was growing up and what they had uh, coming into it, 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 into this situation. And, and so now they're saying, look, I'm leaving my childhood in the past. I'm leaving my past in the past. I'm moving on from this. Mm-hmm. And so now I've got, I've, I've, I know more and I'm going to do better. And when you, right, Maya Angelou, you know, when you, when you know more, you do better and you do better, you do, you know, all that good stuff. And so to me, that's the perfect participant for someone. They're not just like, okay, I got to get a job. They're like, I know everything I have to go overcome and I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to do the eight weeks of internship. I'm willing to do it all. And to me, that's, that's huge. And so you've been in business now, then business nonprofit for three years, is it? We're going on three years. We started in 2018. 18 was really just kind of like our research stage, putting the pan- putting the program together with curriculum. We had our first session last year and we're hit by COVID. And you know what? It's okay because we pivot. We got some experience. We got things going. And now we're now in our second year of operation as far as our program go, which is this year. And we're adding, we're scaling, we're adding this digital marketing and social media certification course. So we're excited. Yeah. Because like I'm saying, we just want to give them the tools, the opportunity and the support. So that way they can just do all that they can do and just build a better life brick by brick. Yeah. And you, so you just updated all of your social media handles and now you're at perfect ink, I N C one, two, nine, the numbers one, two, nine. So perfect ink one, two, nine. And that's for Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We can find you all over there where you'll have your messaging and what you're doing. And then you're also at perfectink.org for your website so that everyone can go Mm -hmm. there and check out all of that. And I'm just really, really excited. And, and as you're talking to me, I'm like, okay, how can I do like a class for all of your people and they can go online? And we, so we, we need to work together on making like some type of oh, class awesome. for Perfect Ink so that like, I don't know, I can get involved somehow. I'm, I'm really excited. And now you have a fundraiser coming up in March, which is yeah. Women's History Month. And so yeah. what is going on with your March fundraiser? So we are looking to fundraise to pay for all of this certification for the program participants in March. I mean, what better way to honor women than to help another woman? So we're asking for people to give donations. All of the donations will go towards the cost of certification. It doesn't go to overhead. It doesn't go to salaries. It doesn't go to any of that. It just goes to cover the cost of certification for our new program of the digital marketing and social media content. So people can go on our website and they can donate if they go to globalgiving.org we're also on that platform and they can donate our goal is five thousand dollars a drop in a bucket right <laughs> but it's five thousand dollars and we're looking to raise that for the month of march so that way we can just 
provide more training. So that way our program participants can have more opportunities. Yeah. And if you're listening to this, it's March. So head on over (laughs) to, to donate because it's, it's don't delay head on over. And I mean, this, it's a nonprofit. So, I mean, is it's tax deductible? I would assume so deductible. Absolutely. Well, this has been, and you can go and donate volunteer. Our website has all of the links. We would love whatever talents that you can bring. We know that people pulling together talents are always used for the greater good when they're able to help others. So definitely head over to the website. It's so, so cool. I, I, I love that you and I got to come together on this through another group that you and I are in. And I just love the way that the universe mm-hmm. works. I want to get more involved, see what we can do together as a team, as far as a class or just something to bridge the gap. I I love the idea of helping other women, especially ones that, you know, that are needing help and, you know, like, let's see what we can do. But thank you so very much for being here today. Thank you so much for spending time and sharing your story and listening to the whisper when you were called, because that is a pretty big whisper and, and you did it. You know, you're, you're walking the walk. You're not just talking the talk, you're doing it. You're literally doing it and you listened and your life is going to be so blessed. And we all know that when we listen to the whisper, that is where big, huge things happen. So I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being here. Everyone head over to her website at perfectink.org. Follow her on Instagram and all the other social media platforms at perfectink129. And I will see you here again next week. Thank you so much, Allison. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Meredith. This was awesome. I so appreciate you. I really, really do. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to meredithwillets.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind-the-scenes footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.